Welcome to another episode of Bereans Podcast. Each week we share a message from the Bible and examine it to understand and learn to apply it to our lives. The hope is that through the wisdom of the scriptures, we will all be encouraged to make real life change and that the power of the gospel will transform our lives. Thanks for listening and enjoy this episode of the Berean Podcast that starts right now. Good morning, church family. It's incredible and an honor to be here with you, whether you're here in the building online or across the hallway in overflow. My name is Devin. I'm the lead pastor here. And Berean has an incredible history. This is the day where we are celebrating not the story of Berean, but the story of what God has done in and through this church called Berean over the last 60 years. It all comes back to God's Word. You see, this is a fundamental declaration of being a Christian, that Jesus Christ is Lord, that He is our King, and that He has all authority in heaven and on earth. And as such, we as His people are called to be people who submit to His Word. He is our King, and His Word is our authority. And one of the ways that this comes out is through our preaching and teaching series, Now, we've been walking through the book of Habakkuk over three weeks, and coming up in two weeks, we're going to start a new series through the Gospel of Mark. And because I'm very clever, I have broken down the Gospel of Mark to 60 sermons. (laughs) 60 sermons for 60 years. But you say, Devin, by the time you're done, we're going to be into, you know, year 62. The math will figure that out. But I wanted to bring that up to you because we have something that I hope you'll consider taking advantage of. As we walk through the Gospel of Mark, we're going to be taking our time studying both the background, the historical and contextual situations. We're going to be looking at the theology of the book. What does this book, this gospel, this biography of Jesus teach us about who he is and and what he can do in your life. We're going to be looking at all of that. And one of the ways that I want to encourage you to participate in this series is by going to the cafe and picking up one of these. This is the full text of the Gospel of Mark. You say, Devin, my Bible already has the full text of the Gospel of Mark. Fair enough. But this is kind of unique because what we have here is on one page the text and then on another page a blank space where you can take any notes that you so desire. Some of you are ferocious note takers. I know uh, some of you have never done that before. Some of you just want to sit and, and contemplate. But I hope that you'll consider taking advantage of this, if this would be a use for you. We are selling these kind of at cost or at a slight discount from what we purchased them for. And they're available in the cafe, 60 weeks through the Gospel of Mark. And yes, we'll break it up for you know, summer series and, and a different emphasis here and there. Uh, But I'm excited to dive into that. Now, I was reading this week about Shere Khan, a tiger, Baloo, a bear, and Leo, a lion. You see, these three predators, these apex animals in the animal kingdom, were raised by a drug dealer. And they were horribly abused. And so eventually... They were rescued out of captivity, and they were brought into an animal rescue center. 
And the the workers at the center noticed that these animals were struggling. They were, they were acting out. They were aggressive. They couldn't be trusted. They were causing disturbances. And then finally, one worker had an idea. What if we took these three animals and we put them back together? Let me show you an image of them. They look quite cuddly. These are the three of them. And what the workers discovered was that as soon as they were united again, all the bad behavior stopped. But although they are distinct and different and in nature would never associate and never be together and they would be rivals, when they were put back together, their behavior adjusted. They were calm. They were playful again. And in many ways, this is an illustration or a reminder of the church. I mean, look around this room. We are different. We come from different socioeconomic backgrounds. We have different educational journeys. We were born here, there, and everywhere. You even allow Canadian, Canadians in your midst. And so, <laughs> united and together, we can do something different, something that doesn't happen out there. You see, in a world of disunity, We are called to be a people of unity. I mean, think about our world right now. Politics. Have you noticed a growing divide on the political spectrum? Social issues? Income and social status? Sports teams? Right? Well, different seating for the Packers fans and for the Viking fans. But in a world of disunity, we are called to, as a people, offer and demonstrate something different. Now, we aren't united with untruth. We are not united with evil. We are not united with false teaching. No, I'm not talking about that. But sometimes Christians can forget the call to unity. And so today what I want to do is invite you to stand with me as I read from Ephesians chapter 4. In this passage, the Apostle Paul is showing how everything comes out of the gospel, and he offers these words. I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You can be seated. I love how here Paul says that we are to be eager to maintain the unity that we have through the Spirit. This isn't, a, this isn't an option for God's people. This is something that you and that I are called to invest in, to work hard for, to protect. Is this unity that we have together in Christ. Here, Paul gives a few very simple ways and reminders of how we're united. He says that we are united in one body, the universal church. 
capital C, that we are united with our brothers and sisters around the world, that we share Christ in common, that we are united with those who have gone before us throughout the 60 years of Bereans' history. How many of you have gone on maybe a short-term missions trip or you've been engaging or interacting with people who come from radically different backgrounds than you? But when you share Christ in common, you notice that there's something beautiful about your fellowship, your, your laughter, your worship together, that you think, where else in the world can we find this? I mean, my wife and I have been here for one year, and just last night we were talking, and she said these words. Do you know that if you died, I'd probably stay in Minnesota? <laughs> We've been here for one year. I've been here for one sixtieth of Brian's history. I've done the math. And it's amazing to say that this place is home. How can that be? I don't even know the street names around here yet. I'm still relying on Google Maps for everything. How is that possible? It's because we are united in one body. That there's something deeper that binds us together. We are not here based on preference or hobby horses, or secondary issues. We are different, and we're going to have disagreements, but we are united in one body. Paul goes on to explain that we are united, not just in one body, but in one Lord. That we are here, those of us who call Brian home, who have trusted in Christ and salvation, we are here. Because we are united in Christ. That the ground at the foot of the cross is equal. That every single one of us, regardless of our backgrounds, our decisions, past mistakes, are here exclusively by the grace of God. There is no one here who waltzes in as a walk-on. We are all here by the grace of God. Of God. We are united in the good news of the gospel that although we were unworthy, Christ died and so made us worthy to be a member of his body and to be united to him. He explains that we are united in love, bearing with one another. This is one of the beautiful op- uh, opportunities that we have when we become a member and invest in a church. It's really easy to come and be a consumer. As long as Devin preaches what I want him to preach, as long as all the ministries that I want continue, as long as nobody offends me, I'll attend here. No, that's called being a consumer. True community is different. It's when you say, I'm here. I'm in relationship. I'm willing to walk through and navigate through the ups and the downs because guess what? If you stick around this church, there are going to be people who make decisions that you disagree with. There's going to be people that annoy you. There's going to be people that hurt you. That's inevitable. That's the human condition. How will you respond? That's the question. The Sunday assembly was a, essentially an atheist church in London. And it was a mix of kind of a hipster, megachurch vibe, and they tried to franchise out, and they were committed to atheism. They were growing and gathering steam until they had a church split. I 
And I don't say that to laugh or to make light of. I, I, I say that because this is the reality of humanity, that we are prone to division and tribalism. And we must be eager to maintain. We must work to maintain. We must bear with one another in love. We are united together in something far deeper than any superficial arrangement or agreement. We are united in one body, in one Lord, and in one love. And truthfully, church, we are united for our future. The Berean has a legacy of faithfulness to God. All by God's grace, absolutely. But being committed to unapologetically preaching and proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. And as we step into our future, and as we look at the next 60 years, and even beyond, I hope and I pray and I trust that that faithfulness to God and his word, to proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ will continue. We are united, it says here, in one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God. And one of the ways that we demonstrate and model our unity is through the Lord's table. Now I'm going to, in just a moment, invite the ushers to begin passing out the elements as we partake together. In the ancient world, in the early church, they would have one loaf typically, and they would break it apart. Although if we had to build a, bake a loaf that was big enough to feed every person here, I'm pretty sure that would get us into the Guinness Book of World Records. That would be good PR. We could ride that for a season. But we don't have an oven big enough to bake something like that. And so we have these little symbols here to remind us that it is one loaf. It is one cup. We share this together. This is a tangible, tactile reminder of our unity with Christ. Ushers, would you come and begin to serve us? As the elements are being passed out, I invite you to take this space and time to pray. Pray that God would protect unity here at Berean, that he would continue to find us faithful. And that does it for this episode of the Berean Podcast. All of our ministries at Berean are geared towards the mission of seeing lives transformed by the power of the gospel. If you would like to be connected with our church family or give to the mission of Berean, just jump online to our website at bereanmn.com. Thanks for listening today, and we pray that you are encouraged by today's episode. Be sure to like us on social media, and we'll see you here next time on the Berean Podcast.